Fourth and goal. Uh-oh. And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles. Touchdown. How do you figure? They go to the very, very, very back of the playbook for the touchdown. Trey Burton, a college quarterback, and watch all the action. Foles is going to sneak over here. Direct snap. Everybody comes up. And here we go. What a play call by Doug Peterson. This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. Yo, and a huge welcome to you back to the Basement Olympics Podcast. I am back, we are back, and you are back. Once again, I'm your host, Zach Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Ty. And for the first time in almost a month, almost a whole month, that uh, the whole team is back and ready to go. Uh, but before we jump into anything at all, I just got to give a huge shout out to my co-host here, Alice Clayton, uh, who filled in for me last week as the main host. And, you know, the dude absolutely killed it, as we knew he would. Uh, at least I knew he would. Schultz had some doubts. Schultz said, I don't think he can do what Zach does, but uh, he went out. He did a good job. He even gave himself a little pat on the back at the end of the pod, saying he's better than me, and uh, he might be. He might be, but I really do just an awesome job. Uh, you, you killed it. You definitely killed it. Yeah, man. Uh, also, shout out to Dig, man. You, uh, you're a great co-host, man. It's great to have you on. Definitely welcome here anytime you want, uh, but I appreciate it, man. It is... Uh, it's definitely a fun thing to do to host. But, it's different, isn't but it? I love being the co-host. <laughs> like, yeah. I am not the preparation for host. Yeah, you do got to do a lot. Of, you got to do a lot of uh, prep before you uh, jump into a pod, which, which it is what it is. I mean, you know, it, it's it's rewarding though when you listen to it at the end of the day. You you hear how smoothly things go. At least for your podcast, I know I've had some bad ones, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Nick, uh, shout out to you, man. Nick from the Dynasty Polls podcast. He filled in in my absence last week. Uh, Nick was the first guy I thought of, you know, when I knew I needed a fill in and I knew, you know, without a doubt, the dude would come in and produce fantastic content. Uh, Nick likes to take an analytical approach to his game and really focuses on the numbers and data when analyzing players and, you know, fantasy football and just football in general. Uh, it's a real cool way and unique way to play fantasy football and it definitely pays dividends for him. You know, he's usually successful uh, in, you know, fantasy leagues that me and Al partake in with Nick. Uh, Nick, awesome job, bro. I uh, can't wait to have you on in the future with Dal and myself because uh, we'll definitely be doing that. And then last big shout-out is to Big Goose Egg McGee Schultes over here who went a cool 4-0, 4-0 in his sports betting picks last week. Uh, so I hope somebody listened. I really do because, you know, they'd be winning good money last week. Absolutely fucked Vegas up last week. Kudos to you, Schultes. Uh, really, really good job. Really good job. Thanks, Zacho. Glad to have you back. And, uh, yeah, also want to shout-out again, Al and, and Dig. Uh, you guys did a hell of a job last week, and you know, anytime you want, Dig, more than welcome. Like Zacho said, but we're back at it, man, and I'm excited. This is going to be a great, great pod. I'm, I'm feeling it. Vibes are up there. Energy's good. Uh, I fucking hate what is his name, G Man Choi and the Yanks, Pete. God, that guy's a chode. He's fucking just. How they doing right now? They're, they're down five one, man. It's not looking good for oh, the Yanks. Man. It's not looking good. But anyway, back to biz. Let's get it started. All right, so with all the pats on the backs out of the pats on the backs, that sounds funny. With all the pats on the backs out of the way, uh, let's bring in the team. Al, talk to me, my G. How's it been? Yo, I'm big chilling. 
Uh, definitely. <laughs> what? I don't know. It sounded funny. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, said my G, and then you said big chillin'. So yeah, and honestly, I listened to too much candy in Rothenburg. Yeah. They, Go ahead, though. Go ahead. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, I'm chilling. Uh, I'm having a good week so far. Short week for me. Have off on Friday, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, I think I'm going to Rhode Island this weekend, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm about to go there. Nice little two-week quarantine when you get back in uh, Big Bad Jersey or what? Oh, dude. I mean, I'm driving. I'm not <laughs> no. flying there. Uh, I'm so. messing with you, man. I'm but, yeah, no. The quarantine rules are crazy. Like, they're uh, it's insane. nuts, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Meanwhile, Florida, the state of Florida comes out and says, hey, if anybody who's hosting large sporting events, if you want to have a full capacity stadium, yeah, go ahead. You know, fuck the outbreaks that are going on. Fuck the president of the United States that has COVID. Let me just open up all my stadiums to everybody. What is that? Uh, it's no, unbelievable. It's but, unbelievable. That's what it is. I mean, what is it? But what is going on with this? I, I don't understand how you could see what's going on around the NFL and then immediately think, oh, it's okay. I'm going to let 65,000 people. Dude, it's nuts. Like, I honestly want to understand what thought process is going into that. Because there's none at all. Florida has been probably the shittiest state in handling this whole thing. And, you know, lo and behold, they they fuck up again, man. Luckily, the Dolphins came out. I know the Dolphins were, I think, the only team I saw. Uh, I haven't seen Tampa Bay or anything. But I know they're doing uh, a reduced number still, at least for this week. And then they'll revisit the chance of possibly having a full-packed stadium. But I can't see how you do that, man. No. I can't. See, why would that be a thing? It's not going to happen. Why would he come out? What what is it? The governor who, who, I guess, who came out and said something like that? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Dude, it's money. (laughs) It's, it's legitimately just about money. Bro, it's people's lives. I mean, I don't know. Since when do people care about people's lives lives when they're in politics? Yeah, and money and everything. So it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, and I'll chime in there. As as far as the whole COVID thing, I mean, I I could see them, you know, it's a whole money thing, them wanting to to open up the stadium, 65,000. That's an absurd number. But to be honest, if, you, if you're a resident of Florida and, you, you know, you kind of take this stuff somewhat seriously, I just can't see how, you know, you as an individual with a family, potentially with a family, maybe live by yourself, whatever, would take that risk and go to that game with maybe 35,000 other people. I mean, it's a risk they got to take. I just can't see stadiums opening fully back, not even maybe next year, maybe 2022. I just can't see it. I, it doesn't, dude, it makes no sense to me. It genuinely makes no sense. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, guys, so let's dive right into some college football, and I'll tell you what, Al, I'm just going to nip this right in the butt now. Yes, my beloved Texas Longhorns, the previous number nine team in the nation, lost at home to TCU. TCU, I'm not. they've always had Texas number, at least in recent years. I know Gary Patterson, the head coach of TCU, actually I believe he won six of the past seven meetings against Texas. Uh, but uh, that game was such a mess. And I knew from the get-go, I actually told Schultz, the line opened up at plus 16, I believe, for TCU. And I told him, yo, without a doubt, like take TCU plus 16. That's an insane line. They always keep it close. And I knew it was going to be a one-score game. I knew it. Uh, the line ended up going down to, I think, 10 and a half. But, and, and uh, you know, obviously we know what happened. TCU ended up winning that game by, I think it was two or maybe a field goal. But uh, You mean the TCU and the refs? TCU, yo, and I'm not, and I really hate to be that guy when it's my own team that loses uh, to say that the refs like really had a, an awful, awful, awful day. But dude, you don't pick up four flags in the first half, pick up four flags in the first half, all on TCU. How do you do Like that just doesn't happen, bro. It it doesn't happen. And and the one obvious before you go, the one obvious one was the, uh, 
holding call. The holding zero. call. Yeah, exactly. So it was Texas outside linebacker and uh, the left tackle for TCU. And I think they got down to the one on that play. I think Duggan ran it to the one. Uh, they he it was an obvious hold, dude. He fucking he hugged him. He ripped his neck like over to the side. It was an obvious hold, and the ref the flag like he should. And then they call. How do you take that back? You didn't look at a replay. You didn't see anything. So you okay? Yeah, I see the flag. I see the holding. Let me throw this flag, and then boom, let's take it back. In what fucking world does that make any sense? No, it really doesn't. And uh, it's definitely frustrating because you know I stated on the last pod, you know Texas, oh, like you know they found a way to win like an ugly game, and it's just tough to see them you know play another ugly game again. Uh, I know, like the refs, you know did not help you guys out at all, and that sucks. But still, you gotta beat this. You gotta beat this team. You gotta find ways to win. Yeah. And you knew with new with a new OC and a new DC that the first couple of games would be choppy. You know that Texas has the best talent in the Big Twelve. That that's known. They always have the top class in the Big Twelve. Sometimes OU gets that number one spot, but it's typically Texas. I know it has been for the past couple of years. So you have the most talented team. You have to find a way to win against TCU and Texas Tech, who finish in like they struggle to finish the top fifty in recruiting classes each season. Like, you need to be able to beat those teams, especially at home. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's it's all in coaching. It has to be the coaching. Yeah. But like but like I was saying, you got a new OC, you got a new DC. Uh, Chris Ash, the defensive coordinator, he coached in the Big Ten, which, as we know, as you know, as being a Big Ten guy, those offenses are a lot different than Big 12 offenses who like to use a lot of jet motion, a lot of spread the field type of offense. Uh, so it does take time to, to – really you know uh prepare for big 12 offenses as opposed to big 10 we've seen the sec struggle with big 12 offenses look look at uh when texas played georgia or texas played you know last year when they played uh utah like those teams those, those teams is, they find it hard to stop big 12 offenses so you knew that ash would struggle in the beginning but not i didn't think they'd lose one of these two games especially having tcu at home defense man there's just no defense see that see that's the defense actually did take a pretty decent step up and which isn't saying much because their week one or week two i guess against texas tech was the one of the worst texas defense performances i've ever seen and that's a defense full of five and four star talent like that shouldn't be happening and just tackling dude i counted i think it was seven missed tackles on the first drive alone against texas tech and i didn't get to talk about that game so i know i'm spending some time on this but uh you know, I was thinking, I know this is going to be a close game against TCU. Please just skate by. Please win by a touchdown. Just get by, get to the OU game, and then, you know, we'll go from there. I Also, I didn't expect OU to lose again. I didn't expect them to be looking at one and two. But, God, yeah. it's a big game next week. It's a big <laughs> game. It's it's a huge for both teams, dude. Can you imagine Texas going two and two or OU going one and three, dude? I mean, whoever wins this game is has a, a chance to play for the Big Twelve championship. <laughs> Isn't that nuts that we're talking about? Whoever wins Texas OU has a chance to play in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Like those were the two teams. Yeah, it's a weird season, man. Like, come on, man. Um, but I la- before we move on with this, uh, that last drive by Texas, Texas went down the field with ease like they did in the Texas Tech game uh, when they needed to score. They went down the field with ease. But I just want to touch on Keontae Ingram, the running back for Texas, had like a 75-yard run to take them to like the 20, okay? And my numbers might be off, but he took him to the 20. There's like two and a half minutes left in the game. Without slowing down, and they're down by I think it was four or five points at this point. Without slowing down the game and – letting Keontae catch his breath, as well as taking the clock away. Wind wind the clock down, chew the clock, whatever. Get in the end zone at will because you know you can. 
Number one scoring offense in the country, by the way, Texas is. You know you can get in the end zone. So take your time. Let your guys you know, get their win back and just go ahead and pound the ball in the end zone. Instead, they keep the tempo for whatever reason, giving TCU that offense more time if you did score. And then you run the ball with Keontae Ingram after a 70-yard run, so he's obviously winded. You're running with him down to the one. Okay, maybe take him out. Maybe put in Bijan Robinson. Maybe put in uh, – I know that Roshan Johnson was down you know, in that drive. So, But let him catch his breath. And again, you run it with him again at the one. Then he extends the ball at the one, fumbles, game over. TCU gets the ball on the one, game over. Texas should have won that game. They should have won that game. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's just, again, coaching. It's really what it is. Coaching, uh, I don't want to say a selfish play. A lot of Texas fans are really digging at him, you know, saying that, like, you know, you should have just put your shoulder down, not stretch the ball out. But, you know, it's it's if he would have scored that touchdown with that extension, nobody would be saying a thing about it. It's just because he fumbled the ball. No, nah, it's a football play. It, it's, it, man. You, I mean, you don't extend the ball on the one the way he did without jumping over the pile. He just kind of just put it out there with one hand. Like, tough. Tough. I can't be mad at the kid because he should not have been getting force-fed the ball with 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 so many minutes left in the game, just being you know forced. Like I'm telling you, force-fed the ball just with that, with no win. Like it's he, just crazy that Keontae Ingram just two years in a row blown up the Texas uh, season. Just so, he's so talented, but <laughs> you know he's going to be in his head. Like we've talked about before, he's going to be in his head for the whole season now. Yeah. It sucks, man. It sucks. And right after that game, I think it was two days after. My favorite, my favorite cornerback on the team, Kenyatta Watson, who's very talented, in my opinion, the most talented corner on the team, uh, decided to transfer out of Texas. So, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a big hit. I mean, you know, I think he was the most, but he wasn't getting a lot of playing time again on the co- like he's one of the most talented on the team. Put him in the damn game. He's young. He's talented. He's good. He had a good head on his shoulders. He's confident. Put him in the game. Yeah. And now this guy's leaving. You know, that's, that's just what happens, man. It's, it's, that's it's a never ending, you know, that, hamster on a wheel with Texas, bro. You can never get anywhere. I mean, that's how I felt about Penn State. They didn't use Justin Shorter, a yeah. five-star receiver. Yeah. It just never used And him. I think he's doing well in Florida now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's, it's so hard having bad coaching on a very talented team. You know what it is? It's like putting a dog on a treadmill and hanging a piece of sausage over the front and the dog is just running to get it, get it, get it, but he's not going anywhere. That's what Texas is with national championships. Best, best talent in the country coming out of Texas. Let's be real. I, I need to know what type of dog that you were thinking of on the treadmill. I was thinking of like a little, little like mutt, like a mug. I was thinking of a corgi. I was thinking a very of a short leg. I was thinking <laughs> of a fat pug with like a smushed in face trying to catch a sausage with little legs. That's what I was thinking of. But like, that's what it is, man. And it's just always dangling over Texas fans heads. Like you can win all this shit. You have all this stuff right in front of you, but you just can't get it. Yeah. It's time and time again. You just, it's, you know, being a Texas fan sucks. It's really bad. That's why the ongoing, not joke, but saying is, is Texas back because well, you never know. Yeah. Well, that's also because they, that game they beat Notre Dame, the announcer said that. No, I know. I'm just saying ever since then, it's definitely been heavily used every single game. I know, dude. And the horns down. Like, it's just people love to hate Texas. I will say that. But it is what it is. Anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on my own team because I know we do that pretty often. But anyway, keep it in the Big 12. Like I said, Oklahoma falls again this week to Iowa State. And yet another game losing interception by Spencer Rattler. Um, I will say, although everyone seems to be a bit down on him right now, as you were in the last uh, podcast with Nick, you said that, you know, um, he's supposed to be like the next big thing in OU. 
uh, he does show signs of being that next big thing. The kid can play. Like, he's very talented and he's young. Uh, he's just been making rookie mistakes, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, just that new guy mistakes. Uh, but he he makes a lot of big plays. And he you can see the arm talent. You can see the talent that this kid has. You can see why he was so highly talented out of high school. And I hate saying that about him because, honestly, if you watch him in QB1, he's an absolute douchebag. Absolute douchebag. And he's yeah. on my least favorite team. That's why I never really liked him. I yeah. hated QB. Like he, when he was on QB1. Dude, he was terrible. like that didn't do him any favors. He was the cockiest little kid I've ever, 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 ever seen. Ever seen. Like really. All right, who who was worse? Him or Malik Henry? Oh, Malik Henry was bad, man. <laughs> yeah. Is he still playing for Nevada? I have no idea. But oh, he was, was annoying, but yeah. Spencer Rattler's worse, man. Just because he's better too. Like, no, I, I just, he knows yeah. he's like insanely good. I just and hate quarterbacks with really bad attitudes. Just it, you know what? So because upset. their whole life they were known as like the next big thing. Yep. You know what I mean? So it must be killing him right now that he lost two back to back games to Iowa State and Kansas State. Because he was expecting, you know, he was expecting to blow those teams out. Yeah. He no. probably had one game circled on his calendar and it was Texas. That's it. We just gotta beat them. We just gotta beat Texas. Maybe Oklahoma State. And now it's terrible because he might come out against Texas and try to light you guys up. We'll, we'll see, dude. Oklahoma's defense is so bad. Yep. So bad. Yep. I think they have one of the worst-rated defenses in the country as like right now. Have they ever had a good defense? Last year they looked okay with Kenneth Kenneth Murray, but like they they just Alex Grinch, the the deco from that came in last season, he took a huge step up from what they were two seasons ago when Texas beat uh, Kyler Murray and that team two seasons ago. But uh, last year they took a big step up, and people thought they'd maintain it. But this OU defense is awful, dude. Awful. Very bad. I mean, I just they're very young, and so it makes sense. But I don't know, man. You don't you don't like that start for the season? No, like, not at all. No, and, and I mean we do have Texas OU next week. Uh, it's probably the least anticipated Red River shootout game ever. Uh, Texas is twenty two in the nation. OU is unranked, which is nuts. Uh, but Texas is number one scoring uh, offense. Should honestly should feast on that defense. They're averaging, I think, 52 a game right now. So they should go out and they should step on them pretty bad defensively. It should be an absolute shootout. I'm thinking like a 55-52 game. I'm not even kidding. Slamming the over in yeah. that game. I, I don't even know what it's set at, but it's got to be probably around like the 80s, mid-80s, and I'm still going to hit that over. It's insane. Yeah, I'm still going to – I don't see any defense getting a stop. I really don't. No. What else we got? Tell you what, UNC, number eight. In the country, edged out Boston College 26-22, led by Sam Howells, 225 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. And I'll tell you what, man, BC looks real solid. Boston College's QB looks legit, and Hunter Long had a field day against UNC's DBs, posting a nine-catch, 96-yard game. BC's a sneaky team. I will say, Boston College is a very sneaky team. They, they, I can see them maybe pulling an upset somewhere in that in that conference. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of cool when BC is good, to be honest. Um, I know my guy Damian Woody is a huge alumni there. Definitely follow him on Twitter. He loves this BC football going on right now. They look uh, good, man. Yeah, no, it, it's cool seeing. The, like, you know what's really cool about the season so far? Like, I know like the big teams are losing to like, these smaller uh, teams, but I really like these upsets. Like by these up up and coming programs, like it's really cool to see some diversity finally. Yeah, it's football. it's exactly. It's not as chalky as it always is. I think this past weekend was the first time that. Uh, four ranked teams lost to unranked teams at home, like in college football history. Yeah, uh, it which makes me really nervous for Penn State's, uh, you know, opening game. Dude, it feels like that's like they announced they were coming back like seven years ago. You don't understand how brutal it is to just wait for your favorite team to just start playing. It's it's insane 
that you have to wait until like, what is the point of waiting until October 24th? The, like, I don't know how the college football. Oh, you didn't hear committee... COVID's going away October 23rd. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, all that matters is on Halloween, you will not see me out. You will not see me anywhere, but in front of a TV, just screaming my face off because hell yeah, that game's about to be the most epic game. That's the Ohio ever. state game. Yep. Hell yep. yeah, man. It really sucks that they're not going to have the whiteout game. Really sucks. It is what it is. It is what it is. Exactly. Just be happy. Got to be happy. Are they having any fans at all? I don't think so. But I know that that the governor of Pennsylvania actually came out, and he said they're visiting that topic of having a limited amount of fans. I know, but I saw Eagles fans going nuts about it. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of Eagles fans going nuts. But then that that announcement came out before – the COVID announcements that just happened today. So I don't know how that's. All yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, it's just a wait and see approach. You know, we got to see, but just to have football is is you know the the beauty of it. You know what's crazy though? Like, there's no stats on fans getting COVID that went to these games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I, you would think that the NFL is so advanced, and I don't know how Maybe they're hiding it. Maybe, but like the thing that's crazy. Like, do you think like they have to get like? tested before they go in the stadium or probably just like a temperature check type thing yeah probably just a temperature check and they probably have to sign like a waiver or something like before they buy the tickets saying you know i have not been in contact with anyone that you know the the bullshit questions that you get asked and everybody says no to it even if you don't know that's scary it's (laughs) terrible but like like, when you when you get asked that question at the gym like because i know la fitness was doing that for a while it's just like no 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 and it might be no like i think it's no but you don't know if you're in contact with anybody that has it yeah, no, I had to like feel like the pre-screening before I go to work every day, and I yeah. just by memory I hit no and everything. And yeah, just, I don't even look at the questions anymore, which is right. terrible. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The COVID, COVID is definitely taking a uh, you know, it, it's just nuts right now. Uh, but moving on, UGA, uh, Georgia, they took it to Auburn, holding Auburn and Bo Nix to only six points of total offense. Uh, that Georgia D, uh, offense, I'm sorry, that Georgia offense started out hot, scoring 24 first half points, but then slowed it down in the second half, ending the game at 27 to six in a win. Uh, Stetson Bennett, the QB for Georgia, looked pretty good against a good Auburn defense, a really good Auburn defense, if we're being honest. Although I do think they transitioned into JT Daniels, the UNC QB who tours ACL last season when he's 100% ready to go. Uh, wideout Kyrus Jackson posted a nine catch, 147 yard game. And my guy who I think is the next big thing, George Pickens finished the game with only two catches, but it was for 26 and a touchdown. Uh, UGA, man, UGA is looking like a real favorite, man. I can't wait to see them against Florida. Yeah, no, that's going to be a sick game. Uh, I'm definitely interested in Pickens and big games. Cause I feel like that's when he really balls out. Uh, and he still has like what, like two more years of eligibility. I think, left? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, like he's a grown man. He's really good. Pickens crazy. is really good, man. He's one of my favorite future prospects. For any Debbie fans listening out there, George Pickens is a name that you should know. Yeah, definitely agree. To wrap things up, Bama, Florida, Clemson—they all stay dominant. Uh, BYU seems like a real solid team with a crazy low-key Heisman candidate in uh, QB Zach Wilson. A lot of people shot Zach Wilson up his big board. Uh, they totally took it to uh, Louisiana Tech last week, which is not a bad team. But BYU looks real good. BYU is looking like how they did with Taysom Hill a few a few years back. Dude, I love the underrated quarterbacks. Like Zach Wilson could actually be something. Dude, and yeah. He's getting his draft stock so high. So right high. It's, it's so high. Good for you. I, I want to see him against some like real solid competition. Uh, I mean, Louisiana Tech is, you know, it's Louisiana Tech, but still. When was the last time BYU was good? Uh, that's what I'm saying. See, that when they had Taysom Hill, they were pretty good. 
Yeah, they were they were okay. Yeah, but I, I just I really like Zach Wilson because you know he's giving them a shot. Yeah, so. and he, and he's very low key. But I saw he went up in the Heisman voting. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean it, it, the dude's balling, so I like give him a shot. Yeah, like, he definitely deserves some. He votes. is he is balling out. He is balling out. Uh, Oklahoma State, as we said before, I mean they look like the best team in the Big Twelve right now. And what's nuts about Oklahoma State is they always have a shit defense, but. Right now, they look like they have the best defense in the conference. Uh, it doesn't matter who they have a QB, obviously. Uh, people wanted to hate him for that Tulsa game, but then Tulsa went ahead and beat um, UCF last week. Yep. So, I mean, huge I'm, upset. Which I'm, but, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, dude, I, hate I, saw, I saw a vote of college football fans saying that UCF was the best team in Florida coming up to the last week. That's ridiculous. To the, the third best team. Easy. <laughs> like, uh, come you put on. State over them? Florida no, um, yeah, Florida and Miami. Florida and Miami are definitely better than. Yep. I mean, definitely now, but before hey, Dio, last doesn't week, Miami have a huge game? Dude, this Clemson. Yeah, number seven Miami against number one Clemson. Ugh. Can't wait! I cannot wait. That's for that a game. fun game. Yeah, it's a really fun game. I was just ta- I was just talking to somebody before about it. Um, I feel like every season Clemson's got one, like one or two big games. Not even really with the ACC. But this year, I feel like Miami's coming in, like riding, you know, this this wave of emotion, thinking they'll come in and have a solid chance. I think Clemson's going to wipe the door with them. Wow. Yeah, I really do. I think Clemson's going to, you know, assert their dominance and show why they're the number one team in the country. I think T Law is just going to show out, and I think I think they're going to come out and whoop Miami. I yeah. really do. No, nah, definitely. I just love watching the future Jets quarterback play out. <laughs> you know, get that big win. Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Jets, maybe the wrong New York team there. Yeah, no, but, he's uh, definitely gonna end up in New York. I don't know what. Ah, uh, that's so insane. It's gonna uh, happen. I just hate that we're even talking about that. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. We both believe in our guys, but yeah. anyway, lastly, uh, Miles Brennan and LSU. You know, they redeemed themselves in a blowout win over Vandy, and they it was much needed, man. It was much needed after that Week One um, disaster, if you will, uh, at home in Death Valley. Uh, but yeah, they went out and they absolutely blew the doors off of of Vandy. Uh, and Vanny hasn't looked terrible this year. They, uh, other than last week, but they kept it close with A and M. A and M got you know absolutely abused by Bama this week. I think A and M's a little overhyped uh, right now, but you know, yeah, big win over Vandy. So jumping into the NFL, had a fun week of NFL games. Brett Rippin comes out and leads the Broncos to beat the Jets thirty-seven to twenty-eight on Thursday Night Football. Fun game. I mean, I, I was definitely not excited for this game. I had some fantasy implications. I had some bets out there, uh, but just an it's just a heinous matchup. Like if we're being honest, just an awful, awful matchup. But it was a high scoring, fun game. Yeah, dude, Brett ripping my heart out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he he actually showed out. You know, definitely showed like those rookie mistakes. Uh, you know, first start jitters, threw two pick sixes. Um, Pierre Desir made those two, uh, made that, you know, made that pick six, big whoop. He got absolutely mossed by Jerry Judy in that one play. Oh my God, dude. Judy looks like a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, which is nuts. And he's looking legit, man. I love Judy. I yeah. love Judy. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, very poor play by Pierre Desir there. Uh, definitely should have picked it off, but amazing play by Judy. Yeah, just got outmanned, if yeah. you will. Like, just got muscled. Yeah. And I just, uh, I am definitely done with the Jets with Joe Flacco now starting. Like, <laughs> if you I, if you didn't know last yeah, week or yeah. the week before or the week before, Al or, or, is done with the Jets or the preseason or last season or just you know what, man, it's his whole life. Yeah, his whole life's been a disappointment, life, man. My whole life. Uh, yeah, I will not be watching the Jets this weekend. Uh, I refuse, and yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Um, Le'Veon Bell being back this week. Uh, it doesn't matter. The, yeah. only, the only reason why I watch the Jets is because of Sam Darnold. I'm not even kidding. I literally don't care about any- Sam Darnold and Quinn Williams. That's the two players I watch. And that's it. And Mekhi Becton also, but it's hard to watch. He's a little banged up, right? I saw he was limping pretty bad last week. Yeah. no. Is it, what's his status for this week? Do you know? I don't think he's going to play because it's just like a game time decision because it's his shoulder. Uh, nothing like you – know, Oh, I thought he was limping. I thought no, I saw him limping last no, week. No, 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 no. His shoulder – uh, he did something to it. Nothing like no muscle tears or anything broken. It's just, uh, you got, I don't know, it's really sore apparently. And I don't know, it's like a pain tolerance thing. So I think they might just keep him out for a week. Yeah. Uh, it's Big tank. I mean, Big tank time. Yeah, it's your franchise left Huge tackle. tank time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just done with the Jets. Uh, let them lose. Let Gase get fired. And then let's see what we can do next year. I don't know what anyone or either New York team at this it's life of point. a Jets and Giants fan. Oh, we'll see you next year. Oh, we'll see you next year. Oh, we'll see you next year every single season. But I think like the Jets and Giants combined over the past four years have like forty wins. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. It's really bad, really bad. But moving on, Tom Brady tossed for five touchdowns against the Chargers against a good defense. Uh, and I will say, Justin Herbert, man, kept it close. Yeah, he, no, he's, he, he he's, was dueling, he was dueling with Tom Brady, who he, tossed five touchdowns. He's impressing the hell out of me. Uh, I feel really bad for Tyrod in his situation. Definitely, always. Yo, but how about Anthony Lynn, who's still staying true to Tyrod? Man, uh, I he goes after the game. Somebody asked him about Justin Herbert's performance, and he goes, he goes, well, uh, we still lost the game, so I'm not going to come out here and praise a a player, you know, when we still lost the game. What? Uh, I don't know what that even means because what is the guy that? Drafted in the first round, he's playing really well. Why would you not let like, him? Like, give fall him out? some confidence, dude. Yeah, that's you, so bad. It, it sucks. I um, really question like coaches sometimes, man. I'm maybe I'm just I don't know. Maybe it's all part of the plan. But what are you doing? Give him some love. How about you come out and say, well, you know, it's still really unfortunate what happened to our QB one, but Justin Herbert, the young kid, he came out and looked really good against a good defense. Like yeah. Just come out and give the guy some love. Yeah, no, you got Todd Bowles on the other side coaching on defense. I know for sure he's skeeting up some crazy blitzes. Uh, just trying to confuse the rookie quarterback. It's just and a good so, day. It's a good defense. It, I do. I love Herbert's just play style. It reminds me of Josh Allen so much. And everyone knows what Josh Allen's doing now. It's just, I don't know. It's Josh Allen, but he throws such a pretty ball. I, I was about to say, he, he, I don't know if Josh Allen's the best comparison. He was massive. Do you see, did you see him run the ball? Like, yeah. No, he's I know a, he is very. He's, he's very tough tall. to bring yeah, down. Yeah, and he's tall. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think he has a better ball than Josh Allen. Yeah, no, I just said like it's Josh yeah. Allen, but it has a very pretty ball. So I mean, like that's just dangerous. He's just that new style. He's like, honestly, can I say this? He's kind of what I expected. I don't know if I want to put that in the past tense yet, but Daniel Jones to be. Oh, no. A tall, yeah, no a tall. Way. Dude, think. All right. Dude, dude, Daniel Jones did not run like Herbert did at like Oregon. No way. Dude, he has that ability. I know he's the ability, but, like, did he use it at all when he was at I'm team? not saying, dude. I'm just saying, like, right now in the NFL, like, that's what I expect Daniel Jones to do. How, that's how I expect him to play. Give a pretty ball. Be accurate with his passing, but also be able to make solid plays with your feet. You know what it is, man? You know why Daniel Jones can never do that? Why? He wears long sleeves. Ah. Long sleeves. Oh, no. Long sleeve quarterbacks are disgusting. Oh, God. Just like Jonathan Abram. Oh, 
No, dude, he's a safety. Dude, he's a safety. Secondary guy that and wears he's wearing long, long sleeves, Gross. man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's like imagine making a player in Madden and putting long sleeves on. Like, it's just heinous. It's a flex. It's it's hideous. Yeah. Dude, it's not a flex. <laughs> it's a flex, dude. It's basically saying I get no ass. That's what it is. Oh, horrible, dude. I, 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 and Abram has such a potential to be like a Jamal Adams lookalike back there that just has all the swag in the world, but he comes out with long sleeves. Oh man. no! Oh no! Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, back to back to what actually matters, dude. Joe Mixon, Joe Main Man Mixon, exploded in a Cincy win over Jacksonville, giving our man Joe Burrow his first ever NFL win. Joe Mixon. Ah. Uh, who is this guy? Where's he been? Just traded him, as you know, in the last pod. Hey, but you did for OBJ who popped off. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely pumped about that. Uh, yeah, you know what, man? Like, Joe Mixon popped off, but, again, it was against the Jags. Uh, I'm not really that impressed because I did see him get stuffed at the goal line a couple times. I still think that his patient running just bothers me because he doesn't have the offensive line to do it. Uh, I'm not hating on Mixon, you know, to be a hater. I'm hating on Mixon because he legitimately ruined one of my fantasy teams. And uh, I believe he has talent to be a superstar and play like that every week. But show me. Give me consistency. That's what I want from you, Joe Mixon. That's literally what everyone wants. But if I was a savvy redraft player, that is, this is the week that you go out and sell Joe Mixon. You sell Joe Mixon at his highest point. Um, you saw what he did the past three weeks for this. He did absolute dog crap. Uh, yeah, so you're absolutely selling him. I would – Sell him for anything. You yeah, can I was get selling right too. Now. I was selling too, and I will say this because a lot of people love him, and they see this pop off game, and they're like, "Okay, this is who I expected. He's going to keep it up, and maybe he will." But his next game at Baltimore, then game after that at Indianapolis, an awesome defense, two awesome defenses back to back. Then he goes and plays Cleveland, then Tennessee. Another Dude, Cleveland good. also is very good. Yeah, so run. you got at Baltimore, at Indy, home against Cleveland, home against Tennessee, bye week. Then you're at Pittsburgh. That's brutal, man. And then and then it lightens up a little bit. You get Washington, the Giants, Miami, Dallas, which is an awesome four-game stretch. But then you go into playoff time. Week 15, you're in the playoffs. In the semifinals, he's playing Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it's 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 tough. His outlook isn't looking to be that solid. Um, I don't think he's going to put up another 40-plus game. I just know that Maybe if you drafted Joe Mixon, that your team is definitely not – I mean, if you have a winning record, it's because of other players, but he has not won new games besides last week. So what I'm trying to say and what Zach's trying to say, he has a really bad schedule coming up. This is the highest point it will ever be throughout the season, in my opinion. So if you could trade him for, you know, an RB2 and a stud RB1, uh, excuse me, stud wide receiver one, anything you can get. Trade them because it makes sense for your team. Yeah, and you definitely have teams, that, whether that be a 10-man league, a 12-man team, hell, even an 8-man league, you have teams that need running backs. You need, you, you definitely do. Because yeah. running backs have been so hit or miss this season, and there's so many misses. It's like you know that there's teams that are just fiending for a good running back, and you toss out Joe Mixon you just put up a 40-plus game, they might bite. They might bite and they might overpay for him, and you might end up, you know, winning a lead because of the return you get for Mixon. Uh, I'd be hitting up the Eckler owner just immediately. That's all. Or the Kenyon Drake owner. Yeah, just just a guy who absolutely whiffed or got injured or just, you know, I'm telling you, like, there's no league out there. Please, somebody send me a league that every single team has good running backs. It's just not. It's not a thing. It's not plausible. It's not enough. No, it's literally the Alvin Kamara owner is really happy, and that's pretty much it. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, mean Zeke. Uh, Zeke, yeah, I mean Zeke, Zeke though, like yeah. you know what you're getting with him. Uh, I, I mean Dalvin Beast. Cook, I guess Dalvin Cook too. Shredding, but like the thing, there's is, a few. I mean, obviously there's a few, but there's there, there's like five teams that have an RB one, but like no one has a solid RB two right there's now. There's multiple teams in your league right now that are looking at one and three, zero oh and four that don't have a good running back. Nope, that'll gladly take Mixon yep. and probably overpay. Yep. Uh, moving on, Minnesota won the battle of the disappointments in a 31-23 win over Houston. And by the way, I, I just I really would like to formally apologize for the absolute whiff of a call on Brandon Cooks in fantasy. Zero catches on 41 routes and only two targets. I'm sorry, guys. If you listen to me about Brandon Cooks, I apologize. That that's just that's bad. That's bad. Houston does get Isaiah Coulter back, the talented rookie. I think that he's going to, you know, hurt Cooks even more. I mean, Cooks is basically droppable at this point. Um, It's time for him. uh, You just hang him up in fantasy. He's like AJ Green. It's just, I I don't know what's going on. He just, he's not it anymore. Yeah, no. And he's he's still young. Like, what? I I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, I wish Bill Bryan was still uh, the coach and GM because, if I was the Jets, I'd be sending him anything like a fourth round pick for Brandon Cooks right now. I know. I feel like that him. might even be too much. Uh, Is that nuts to say? Uh, no, dude, he's the awful Jets right now. I Bro, love it. <laughs> he looks awful. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Will Fuller looks really good though. You know, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, he's he's a real solid player. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he's he would be better if they had a player like Hopkins. <laughs> it's it's so hard to say it, but if they had Hopkins right now, I guarantee they would at least be two and two. They, yeah, they, they just yeah. need a big guy. They need a playmaker on that offense. I know they trade for David Johnson, but listen, David Johnson's kind of done. Like you know, I don't know. They've he, had a tough, they've had a really tough schedule. So like, I, I like David Johnson. I know, but he's serviceable, but he's not going to give you like an eighty yard rush for a touchdown. Yeah, that, that offense is very uh, it's bland. The, yeah, it's very bland. Like insanely non impressive and not sexy at all. And I have Watson in one of my leagues, and I just hold my breath because I'm like. He's going to get me 20 points, but it's going to be an ugly 20 points every week. Yeah. So it sucks. No, I, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, moving on, the Giants uh, somehow kept it close with the Rams in L.A. in a disgusting, slow defensive battle, which is odd considering L.A. has had one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, but Daniel Jones and that offense, man, they just look absolutely terrible. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I, I talk about the Giants too much, and it genuinely hurts my mood every time I do. Uh, that game finished 17 to nine in favor of Los Angeles and the Giants offense. I just want to put it out there. Have guess how many touchdowns they have in four weeks. There's three. Yep. And Odell has four. Yep. <laughs> three <laughs> touchdowns as an offense in four weeks. Hey, Dude, that's, that's so bad. Your features are acquired here. Because <laughs> we're bad too. And again, yeah. I, I don't want to spend any more time no, on it, no, but no, I just, no, no. I wanted Come to on. put it out there. They have three touchdowns in, in four weeks. I think I counted, I think it was something around 15 or 16 players have more touchdowns than the Giants' offense. All right, uh, dude, you know what? Both teams suck. Let's move on. Oh, my God. So bad. Uh, anyway, a lot more exciting this this game was, and that's the Cowboys and the Browns. They had an absolute shootout, 49-38. to 38. That's a college score. That's a Big 12 score right there. Uh, the Browns came up on top thanks to a three-touchdown day from OBJ. Uh, and just to add on to that, Dak Prescott right now has the most passing yards of any QB in the first four weeks in the season ever. Of all time. You know what sucks, man? Like, I don't know why Dak's not being considered for the MVP right now. Like, I know the Cowboys are not, you know, good right now. But, but he's like, playing like an it's MVP. It's not his fault. No. The defense is You saw so Booger McFarlane come out. You know, see what he said on no. Twitter? He goes, 
I, I don't quote me, but it was a bad. He goes like, that's why stats are for like dummies or something. Dak has 500 yards and they're losing. What? What, do you what are you trying to say? Stats are in front of your face. The defense is terrible. Like, what are you trying to say there? What point is that? Oh, it doesn't matter if he has that many yards and the team loses. Uh, it still matters. It's he put up 500 yards, man. Yeah. No. I, and also, why does that mean stats are for dummies? The Browns' defense is not bad either. So, no. Uh, it it just like it sucks because like the thing is, Dak should be can be considered for the MVP right now. I'm not saying he should be the front runner. Definitely should be considered. He's he up could, there. He could no. He's but he's not in the conversation. It's Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Yep, that's it. Those three. Why because those he, teams are winning. I know, but he yeah. could still win the division. I, I, well, that's not. That's if he not makes the playoffs, uh, listen. I know, but if he makes the playoffs, how does he not be considered? Uh, I, know, dude, I'm with you. Like, I'm yeah. not fighting you on this. He's putting up the dude. He has the most passing yards of any QB of all time in the first four weeks. That's nuts. It's just the thing is that he has really ugly turnovers. Like the fumbles need to stop with him. Like yeah. it, it's really bad. Looking like Daniel Jones out there with the fumbles. <sighs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, there are a lot of bright spots with that offense. Amari Cooper has been absolutely blown out. CeeDee Lamb, dude, is everything we expect him to be and more right now. Dude, if you bought Gallup this offseason, you were pissed. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, one of those guys had to be somewhat of the odd man out, but Gallup is still decently putting up numbers. I know he's not putting up CeeDee Lamb and Mari Cooper numbers, and Dalton Schultz right now is, is popping off as well. He's the tight end five in PPR formats. It, it's just it's a fun offense. If, if I have anybody on the Cowboys, I'm basically starting them every single week. Um, you know, it's just it's an awesome team, an awesome offense, horrible defense. So How do you not pick up the phone call Earl Thomas right now? I, I don't get it. I don't know. Did he, like, die or something? Uh, like, I don't know. It's uh, odd. Now, it's such NFL a Jerry just, Jones NFL guy to pick up. Just a rule that you have to wait six days before you can join your team. You have to get tested six days. I in mean, a row. it makes sense. Uh, no, it makes sense. But I'm just saying, like, you, you lost your chance. Yeah. If you want to sign Earl Thomas, you got to wait a whole week now. I know. I know. So I might as well just do it. And you know, while on the topic of COVID, just just a little side note. It actually, I saw today that the Tennessee Titans, who obviously, as everybody knows, uh, they've had positive cases. They've had a quote unquote outbreak within the team. Uh, they actually violated NFL rules and they were caught on, on, uh, I guess camera. on a camera. Yeah. They were caught practicing. Like it wasn't the whole team. It was like a select few, but they were out there practicing and doing drills and whatnot. That's, that's a big no, no. <laughs> I, I know it's a big no, no, but I mean, I see both sides because you, you see know, both sides. It's a violation of the NFL. Like you cannot no, do that. I, I know, but I, I just, me as a football player, like I understand the, extreme disadvantage you're getting if you're not able to practice like you're at like, if they let the titans play they're gonna have like two practices to perform in a game it's they're undefeated they're undefeated right now they're trying to keep that ride going but this is gonna you know this could potentially sink their whole entire season but you know what now that they got caught i was seeing rumors that they might have to forfeit games this season like the last couple of games if they have to forfeit week 16 and 17 that's fantasy championship week yeah. If you have AJ Brown, if you have Derek Henry, if you have Ryan Tannehill, if you have any of those guys, even Corey Davis, fucking uh He's on COVID list now. <laughs> who is? Corey Davis. Is he? Yeah. But like think about it, man. Like you have those guys and then you get to the fantasy championship and then what? You got bye weeks in the championship? Like that's you can't win that week. It you know what? I wanna just, you know, sit, go out there and say, since I am a fantasy commissioner and so is Zach in our dynasty league, I feel so bad for you. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting a million texts every day of like, blah, 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 give me my money back. This is ridiculous. Why why don't you do this? Like, give me this. Like, everyone wants 
a competitive advantage or, you know, it's so needy, but like, listen, I can't make any rules yep. and just a, make a, a free for all. So and make the season crazy. I'm trying to keep it as formatted as possible. We'll try to keep it to the rules that we made before the season. If any necessary changes have to be made, then we'll make, them. we'll make them. And, and look, I just want to, this is perfect. Since me and I both commission leagues, um, send a case of beer, send a 12 pack to your commissioner, man. Like just, just do it. They it's, it's been a, it's been an awful season as we knew it would be. Uh, but send a, send a case of beer. You know what I mean? Just I, I never, help them out a little. Yeah, I never really tip the commissioner at the end of the year. Like if I ever do win, but if there's every year, to this tip is it. The commissioner, like, like I'm not saying give them like a hundred bucks here, but like give them a 50 piece. <laughs> if you this give them a 50 it, piece, that's a big deal. Uh, Definitely appreciate it. I'm not trying to hype myself up to give make you give it's me just, money. It's a tough job. It's, it's, it's a tough just, job right now. I'm trying to – it's so hard because you don't want to let it go into a absolute chaos. That's the one thing. Like if you say, oh, my God, I'm going to put like six re- uh, extra roster spots on everyone's team so you know to apply to COVID, which, by the way, ESPN not labeling players as COVID and putting on IR is insane. ESPN is always seven steps behind. It is, but sleeper, I must say, is just the far sleeper's dog shit. Yeah, it's Dude, so it, bad. It's the best for looking at stats. It's the best for dynasty formats, and just it looks pretty. But when it comes to game time, yo, it's like they just fucking they they go brain dead. <laughs> no live updates, or sometimes the live updates come before it's even on TV. Like it's just so insane. And then also the scores just blank out, and Dude, you don't even know. Like it's, it's the app freezes up. It's glitchy. It like jumps from things to something to the next. People's pictures have gray behind them. Dude, you can see that bothers me so much. I'm sorry, <laughs> and I can't look at any Lions player because they're just wearing a plain ugly blue, blue jersey. with no number on no, it no, no, dude no. for a while i don't know it was, uh, they had daniel jones in a giants t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> dude what is that yo what's next uh, they're gonna put like uh you know what's really funny what? player pro- profiler has like sam Darnold as like a lego with like dude, red hair dude, just, why do they do that they have <laughs> benny snell as gary the snail from spongebob dude so I'm waiting for like some crazy stuff like that to happen. But either way, like honestly, they're a new like, app. I'll give them the I'll yeah, give them the benefit. The fact of that. that we like have noticed all these things just makes you think like, all right, like this is why ESPN's the best. It's just yeah, ESPN clean. is the best for GameCast, and that's it. GameCast say, is an awesome feature. I would say redraft leagues, it's the best for a redraft. Yeah, I have to. Say some people that. like Yahoo. Yahoo's nice, but it's like it just if you're not used to the format. You know, it's just a, it's whatever format you're used to the most. You know what I mean? Like we've been doing ESPN forever, so it's like for us, it's ESPN. People that do Yahoo forever, they they say Yahoo, but it's like they're both nice, neat apps that function, unlike Sleeper, <laughs> and unlike honestly, my, my fantasy league, who have the most outdated system. They don't even have an app. They don't even have an app. Ah, uh, it's just nuts. Anyway, let's go back to like. Finishing up this this actual real life NFL. Yeah, football. Uh, we'll we'll make it quick here. Uh, the Panthers they took it to the Cardinals, thirty one to twenty one. Uh, Kenyon Drake looks like an absolute bust. He looks absolutely terrible. Chase Edmonds might be the back to own in that backfield. Uh, and the Panthers offense finally under Joe Brady and Matt Rule they they are starting to gel and they, they look good. They look real good. Yeah, no, the definitely the biggest shock of the year is Robbie Anderson just outperforming DJ Moore. I wonder I wonder if that has any correlation to Matt Rule coaching him at Temple. Yeah, he just knows the player really well. But and like Joe Brady calls a play, so it's like I, I don't really know. Yeah, you you just you'd be a fool to think that Rule doesn't have a hand in the game plan. He does. Else. No, of course. Yeah. But like 
I don't know. Cause you would think DJ Moore, everybody thought DJ Moore would be the fucking guy there, but he's been not awful. I mean, he's not really getting the looks. The thing is like, I never like everyone wanted to hype up DJ Moore and say like, Oh my God, he's, you know, a top dynasty asset. And I get it. He had a fantastic season last year. Absolutely agree. But I don't like buying players that are on bad teams and have good seasons. It, it you know, you know, what I'm talking about. I guess so. But that's like a team that's been on the on the come up for a little while now. Have they? They were terrible last year. That's what I'm saying. And they, I'm I, not for a while. I, I misspoke. Uh, I just meant that's a team that people expected to take a big step up this year with the new hirings, with Teddy stepping in, because last year the QB situation was awful. Teddy's not the best and most flashy guy, but he's definitely an upgrade from what they had last year. So people expected that offense to take a step up, and DJ Moore did awesome last year with awful QB play. So that's why I get it. And it's not like they're not producing wideout numbers. Like Robbie Anderson's looking like an actual wideout number one. Yeah, no, I get it. And you know, as a Jets fan, he was on the Jets. He's he's not that good. I mean, honestly. Listen, I, I just, I mean. He's just getting forced by the ball. Teddy likes him. Yeah, it's just how it is. It's sometimes the dice roll that way. Again, if you're a DJ Moore owner, do not sell him. Keep him. Uh, it's only four weeks in. He's going to produce. You know he has the talent to do it. I'm just saying, like, while everyone was saying like he was a top dynasty asset, I never really got it because I felt like they were always behind in games and he was just getting padded stats. Uh, he's definitely talented and could be something, but we won't see that right now. It's a Robbie Anderson show. Which is nuts because with the Jets, he was a over-the-top deep threat guy, and that's it. But they've been using him for short and intermediate routes as well, and he's been, he's been doing real well with it, which is it's I don't nuts. know how his body type eats hits. I don't. Dude, he is so thin. It's a buck 70 soaking He's wet. so thin. Like, yep. you see it. He does not even fill out his shoulder pads, man. He looks like a youth football player. It looks like he's playing Muddy Mites out there. It's weird. It's definitely a weird. It's weird to see like a top dynasty. Not dynasty. He's the number top, eight yeah, wideout right now. Like a wide receiver one, Robbie Anderson. Guaranteed nobody called that. Yeah. I I mean, I would say sell high, but like. Oh my God, no, sell high. Yeah, but yeah, like, what, no. do you see that production dipping that much? Because he's uh, getting dude, force fed the ball. Listen, it, all right, redraft, you can keep him. But oh, and Dynasty, and yeah. Dynasty. Oh, no, 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 no. Dynasty, yeah, no, of I course. I mean, because he still has the age. He's 27. So, like, no, you Dynasty, I'm tossing him out, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Like, <laughs> Dude, I released him before the season started. Yeah, see, I, I like he was – exactly. So, Dynasty, yeah, absolutely sell him. But, honestly, he's the wideout number eight right now. So, it's like in a season-long league, I, I don't know if you sell him right no, now. No, redraft, you drafted him late, and you drafted him late for a reason. You wanted a piece of the Joe Brady offense – it's and a league hit, winner type you player. Hit, you hit big, so keep them. Yeah, bit like the biggest you probably can hit on yep. a player like that. No one expected it. Um, and then we get into Philadelphia. They got their first win over the Nick Mullins led Niners. Uh, George Kittle, man, holy shit, he he looked every little bit of the best tight end in football. Um, and Carson Wentz, he showed some of his old self last week. You know, I, I think he looked a lot better than in prior weeks. I know it was going against the Niners' backups, basically, uh, but he looked mobile. He was he was tossing the ball on the money for the most part. Uh, I think he looked good. I think he took a big step up and looked like his old self a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited that the Eagles won this game because, honestly, I would not be able to handle that. There would be only two wins in the NFC East if the Eagles lost. But now they have three. Which They're is- actually first place in the division because of that tie with Cincy. So everybody that wanted to like hate on them because they tied, they're in first place over Dallas. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But 
it's going to be the Eagles and Cowboys games are going to be really fun to watch, to be honest. So I, I don't think – oh, wait. Also, I need to bring out this. Darius Slay was an absolute unbelievable signing by the Eagles. He has looked like the absolute best signing they've ever made in recent years. I know the secondary has definitely had their problems. Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out to LeBlanc. Dude, LeBlanc makes plays. He's just a playmaker for the Eagles. Really liked his play this week. Uh, I would like to see more action from Miles Sanders. Not his best game, but you know what it is? You got to win. Carson Wentz pulled out a gutsy, you know, gutsy win. It was not the prettiest game. He had to do – you know, the thing Carson Wentz does – I actually saw a video on Twitter, you know, when Jalen Hurts is in the game. He's out there throwing blocks for Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, quarterbacks typically would spread out. And he was getting chippy with the corner. Yeah, you saw that too? Love that. Love I, I just want to see a fiery Carson Wentz. You obviously had the pressure of, you know, big big name quarterback behind you, drafting the second round. Come out and win. Win this division. I, I don't I hate the Eagles and I went to Penn State and dealt with Eagles fans every single day. No, I'm with you, dude. I, I, I'm i a Giants fan, so like I obviously don't want Philly to succeed, but I've always liked Wentz's game, and I think he showed, you know, the old form of, of Carson Wentz, you know, at least into yeah, a small extent, but he did show, like he did look like his old self a tiny bit. And don't let the Eagles get their swag, man. Once they get their swag, you saw what they did it last year. They took over the division. Uh, so I feel like this win is going to kind of multiply. And uh, definitely spread comments throughout the entire team and to start playing with some, you know, serious. Yeah. And I, 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 some <laughs> some gas. Yeah, yeah no, for gas. real. Uh, and before, I just want to say uh, the Chiefs beat the Cam Newton list past 2610. Nothing to talk about there. But I did want to say a uh, little bad beat of the week action for our buddy Schultz over here. Uh, me and Schultz actually played in our main league. And uh, I was up eight points with nobody left to play. And all that was left was Schultz, RB2, Jeff Wilson, and his kicker, Robbie Gold. And I was, I think I was, I think it was seven or eight points I was up. So easy win there for Schultz, right? Jeff Wilson comes out, two points. Robbie Gold comes out, two points. And I get the win in an insane matchup there. Uh, Schultz, man, that that's, that's a hard way to lose. Unreal. Speechless. Don't even want to talk about it. Kind yeah. of pissed you brought it up, man. Yeah, I'm so I had to I saw it and I saw that we we're gonna talk about this game and I was like, I, I have to say it, man. That's just an awful beat, man. Terrible. Terrible. And you don't even like doing it to like your friends. Like you dude, want, I text him immediately. I was like, dude, I feel so bad for you. I text I didn't celebrate the win like other after people after in our league would. I was like, dude, that's all that's so bad. Yeah. It, you you love those wins over the people you hate in the league, but you hate it when it's like, ah, oh, it's like I actually like playing with him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, guys, so to dive into some fantasy football talk here, this is going to be a new segment. Uh, it's basically myself and Al, or, or I'm just going to list a few guys here, and uh, me and Al are going to decide if we're panicking on these players or if we're going to stay calm. So, All right, so first guy, we talked about this guy a little bit before, DJ Moore. What are you doing, Al? Are you going to panic on DJ Moore or are you going to stay calm? And this is for just this season. We're not talking dynasty here. Just this season. Are you going to panic on DJ Moore or are you telling your owners to stay calm? Definitely panicking. Uh, it's not because the Panthers suck. It's because Robbie Anderson's taken over. Uh, we just explained it before. Uh, again, I think DJ Moore has the talent to turn around, but the thing is the season's going and the time clock is ticking. So I the don't time know. time clock is ticking. Quote it. The time clock. <laughs> yeah, time, uh, you know, please keep that in there because I would love to listen to it on the way home. I, I had a couple of these that are kind of funny and I wanted to keep them in. All right. All but, right. Uh, 
Yeah, no. So DJ Moore definitely panicking. Yeah, I'm gonna panic as well. I'm gonna panic as well. He's just not getting the looks. Like it's one thing if he was only getting two catches on like eight or nine targets, but he's only getting like four or six, four to six a game. Uh, he did have one twenty plus game, twenty plus point game. So you know you can expect probably a few of those, but you know consistency is is key in fantasy football, and you can't have a guy that you took in the second round getting six, then eight, then twenty then six, then four, then two, then 20. It's just not, you know, something that you're, you can rely on. It's look just like, look like Amari Cooper every single year besides this year. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm selling him based on name value right now uh, because we only are four weeks in. So I'm going to say sell him. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to panic on him. Next is OBJ. OBJ. Uh, if it wasn't for his, you know, the, the reverse pass Jarvis Landry touchdown and that rushing touchdown, we're looking at a, you know, like a, another 10 to 14 point game there. I know you can't take touchdowns away. I know he did do well. He did put up a lot of numbers, but he hasn't really looked like himself again this season with the Browns. What are you going to do? You're going to panic or you're going to stay calm? No, I'm staying calm at OBJ. Uh, as you guys know, I traded for him. Uh, I just feel like the Browns know the only way they're going to win is if they give the ball OBJ and run the hell out of the ball. Uh, OBJ is definitely the best playmaker on their team. Uh, I think that's over Hunt and over Chubb. They know that when they need a play, it's going to go to Odell. As you can see, they ran a reverse on a oh, very, very risky reverse, by the way, on the 50-yard line that could have absolutely changed the game. The Cowboys were cooking, almost coming back. So that goes to show you, you know, even when – Everything's on the line. They're going to OBJ. So that's why I'm staying calm. Uh, I think that this is a very, very awesome welcome party. I called it actually last week, and I'm pumped about it. Um, definitely stay calm with OBJ. I'm actually like dancing on on the edge of stay calm and panic with OBJ. I'm going to say stay calm, but it's a very low, like it's very close to being a panic for me. Um, and the reason is, you know, his numbers haven't looked that good. I know he had that big week, like I said, this past week. Um, but you know, he's only going to get you like 10 to 15 a week. And then maybe a few explosion games, you know, here and there. Uh, but you know what? He wasn't being drafted as that top dog anymore. Wide receiver too. Just yeah. to keep your mindset that OBJ is a wide receiver too. With Just OBJ, I'm having low expectations and I'm going to take the surprise games. I'm not expecting 20 plus every single week. He's just not that is, guy anymore. The thing is like, if your wide receiver two is giving you 10 to 15 a week and then also has those surprise games where he gives you 20 to 30. Which is why I'm saying stay calm. It's a league that, that, winner, yeah. man. It's a league winner. I'm eh, you, it really is. I don't know about it. A league winner, I'm thinking more of like a James Robinson, Robbie Anderson okay, right yeah, now. Yeah, like that's a value. I'm sorry. I would call that a value pick. I get the term league yeah, winner. Yeah. And obviously, it could get like very confusing. But what I'm saying is wide receiver two, you want consistency and then you also want big games. I'm not entirely a big fan, and especially in redraft, of having guys that will consistently get you 10 to 15 and never blow up. So that's why I like OBJ. He gives you that opportunity to get that big game. Pretty much, if you get to a big game, you're in a very solid position to win your week. Okay, so we're both staying common OBJ here. I think this one is kind of pretty obvious right now, but uh, Al, Kenyon Drake, you going to panic or stay calm? Dude. Call the nuke button on him, man. He's big gone. time panic. Yep. Big, big time, time panic. I actually said while we were drafting in our main league, I was like, if one guy, if I had to put my money on one guy that was being taken in the first that I thought was going to bust, it was going to be Kenny. And I didn't think he would. Like, I wasn't saying, okay, this guy is going to be a bust, but I was like, if one of them are going to bust, I'm going to put my money on him. Um, he just hasn't looked good. Let's call it what it is. Week one against San Francisco against a good defense, he put up 14 points. So people thought, okay, that's, that's solid for him. Then he went against Washington, put up 11.5. Then against the Lions, put up 8.9. And then against Carolina Panthers, 
who ranked second to last in the league for uh, running back points allowed by opposing offenses. He uh, had 13 attempts for 35 yards, no touchdowns, no catches. He wasn't even looked at in the past game once. Uh, I'm big time panic on Kenyon Drake. Nah, as I said before, I definitely am panicking. So I think we both agree on that one. Next up, and this one, this one, I, I'm I'm curious to see how you think. But next one's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley with with Julio being out has looked like the number one guy there. You know, hands down. Right now, he's the third overall PPR wideout. Uh, but last game against Green Bay, he was looked at five times in the passing game, but didn't have a single reception. Uh, what what are you feeling there? Uh, I'm definitely staying calm, but uh, I'm kind of dancing on this one, and it's only because. As you've seen in like Calvin Ridley's career, he's had you know multiple touchdown games, all this stuff, but he still never hit that thousand yard receiving mark in a season, uh, even with having ninety plus targets and you know both seasons. Uh, he's got forty right now, which is you know really good. But the thing is, I I, I just I don't know. It, Julio Jones hasn't been healthy. He has a chance to be like the wide receiver one for the Falcons, but he had that whole entire game to show me that you know. He's a number one receiver, and he can, you know, he's the future number one receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, but didn't really do anything. And that's not on him. Matt Ryan did not have a good game. Uh, and also, for some reason, they wanted to give Gurley the ball a lot uh, and Brian Hill. So I, I don't get it. But Kevin really popped off the first three weeks. Don't sell him. Uh, just stay calm. Just keep an eye open on him because if he puts up like, Two more duds in a row, and I would start to really panic. You know who actually looked like the number one in this past game? And I don't, I know I'm going to botch this name up, but uh, Olamide Zacchaeus was the number Zacchaeus. one. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was the most, I mean, he was the most productive wideout for them last week. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm staying calm here, man. He's actually like really overproduced for where you took him in drafts. Um, and plus, of those five looks in the past game, Matt Ryan missed him on two wide open touchdowns. So, like, don't expect Matt Ryan to miss him often on those two wide-open touchdowns. If he would have had those two touchdowns there, you're looking at a 12-plus point game easy. So, I'm, I'm staying calm there. I'm staying calm. Definitely agree. Uh, next one, Daryl Henderson of the Los Angeles Rams. What are you doing there? Uh, it's a tough one, right? This is tough because uh, Akers is coming back. Um, mm, I'm going to say I'm going to stay calm because the flow of – like last season with the Rams, they were very, very pass heavy, but it seems like this year they are just running the ball every single play. They just want to run the ball and play defense. Like that's the entire time, which is a really cool philosophy from Sean McVay. Definitely different because I feel like he wanted to let golf, you know, sling it a lot. And you saw that last year, like I just said, but I don't know, man, I, I, I'm not going to panic on him because in reality, you didn't spend a lot to get him. So what are you panicking? Panic See, I, I'm going to panic. And I'm gonna, and this is probably the first one that we didn't really see eye to eye on. But that backfield is so unpredictable. And this past week, Cam Akers was still not playing. And the two previous weeks at Philadelphia and at Buffalo, he put up 20 point games in both games. He looked like an actual franchise running back against Philly. He had 12 attempts for 81 and a touchdown against Buffalo, a good defense. He had 20 attempts for 114 and a touchdown, and he got some receptions as well. Then you go against the Giants. First off, we thought that it was going to be a blowout and that they run the ball a lot in that game. And they did run the ball a decent amount in that game, but he only got eight attempts for 21 yards against the Giants. game script. But, like, you never know what back to have. Malcolm Brown seemed like that guy week one, and then it was Daryl Henderson, and now Cam Akers is coming back. So I'm just not 
loving him right now. I mean, Plus, he's playing at Washington next week. Then he's at San Francisco, and then he's home against Chicago. Tough no, matchups. Yeah, no, they're tough. It's just the thing is, like, they're going to play the hot hand. And obviously, like I said before, you didn't draft Daryl Henderson, Henderson to be your starter. So that's why I'm saying I'm not panicking because I know I didn't invest a lot in him. But if you're, you know, depending on if you're RB2, yeah, absolutely, you're panicking. But I'm saying from my overview perspective, I know for a fact that nobody out here, no one listening to this pod drafted him to be your number two running back. But if he is your number two running back, you might want to look somewhere else. Yeah, no, I I, I feel that. I can see why we don't see completely out of eye on that. It's definitely a, an iffy situation there. Uh, next is Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles running back. Uh, he was taken, I mean, in everybody's drafts, end of the first round, beginning of the second and uh, he, you know, he he came out. He was out week one against Washington. Came out week two and looked awesome against the Rams. He had 20, uh, 20 points in that game. Uh, had you know seven looks or seven targets, three receptions. Uh, looked real solid against Cincy. He put up fourteen points, but then against San Francisco last week, uh, he only put up nine points. Miles Sanders should be looked at in that Philly offense the way Alvin Kamara is being looked at in the Saints offense. And he only got four looks in the passing game for two receptions. Uh, then he only had 13 attempts on the ground for 46 yards. Didn't look that good against San Francisco. That that They're just not using him, or at least last week, they didn't use him the way, um, the way that we really anticipated them to. I'm still going to stay calm on him. I'm not going to panic just yet. You know, everybody has off games. Everybody has games where they don't, you know, produce the way you expect them to. I'm going to stay calm on him. I'm not going to sell him. I'm just going to hold him and, you know, hope that he has more 20 point games in him. Yeah. I can't panic on my guy. Uh, the thing is, is like the reason why Miles Sanders did not have a good game is because you had Greg Ward as your wide receiver one. When you take away, all right. So Greg Ward's your wide receiver one. Obviously, you don't have to worry about getting beat over the top, getting beat by any crazy receiver. Um, even though I got to give a shout out, I think it was Tim Hightower that made that insane catch for a touchdown. Yeah, I th- yeah, it, it was nuts. But <clears throat> the thing is, like, you don't have any like crazy receivers out there, and also <coughs> when Zach Ertz is definitely being locked up by everybody, so they, they focus on Sanders, man. Like they know that they're going to try to get Sanders going, and they're going to put you know the best coverage linebacker on every single time. But the thing is, the best Eagles drive from that game is was because of a Miles Sanders like twenty yard catch. Like, they're going to get him more involved. This is a guy that can do it all, and you love seeing him, you know, even though he'd have a great game, he's still at close to 100 scrimmage yards. So I- I'm not mad about it. Definitely didn't win your week. I just don't like his next two games against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It's definitely two very tough matchups. But they're must-wins for the Eagles, so they're going to use their best players, especially if the wide receivers are still out. Look for Sanders to get the ball a lot. Okay, cool. So you're staying calm on Miles Sanders. Definitely. Understood. Understood. Next guy, I think I already know where you're going to go with this, but Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs is a guy who I've been high on. You know, everybody's known that. I've been, I've stated it multiple times on the podcast. If you take away his week one performance where he had 35 points, which was nuts because he had three touchdowns in that game, he's been pretty average. I mean, he's had some tough matchups. Not going to lie. He played the Saints, played New England, played Buffalo. Um, and I actually saw he has the second most touches of anyone in the league right now in terms of receptions and, and carries just touches as a whole. Um, but if he didn't have that 35 point game, and I know I said before, you can't take touchdowns away. He did score three touchdowns in that game, but he has 13 week two, nine week three, and then 10 week four. Then he's playing Casey this week and has a bye the next week. I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm panicking, but it's a guy I'm kind of dancing on the ice with right now. 
Uh, I'm definitely not dancing on thin ice with Josh Jacobs. And again, I'm not saying this because he's on my team and he's, you know, one of my guys, to be honest. Under dynasty team, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not giving up on Josh Jacobs because, listen, it's the same trend with Miles Sanders. Their number one receiver is Hunter Renfro. They're missing Brian Edwards and Ruggs. So it's it's when you don't have anybody that can beat you over the top, you have no one that can beat you over the middle. I mean, Renfro kind of is that guy. But anyways, when you don't have talent on the outside, it's so tough for a running back. They're obviously game planning for you. He gets so many touches. They know he's the number one guy in the offense. But you love to see what he's done so far. He's gotten no less than three receptions per game. Uh, definitely a big change from last year. And also, look what just Damian Harris did to Kansas City last week. You think Josh Jacobs can't do more than that? I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a really good game against the Chiefs. And actually, you know what? I'm saying it right now. If the Raiders get Ruggs or Edwards back, they get a healthy receiver back, I think the Raiders beat the Chiefs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I just don't. I think last week whatever the Patriots just did to the Chiefs they actually made them look like they were an average team uh I didn't like how Mahomes was playing I didn't like how the offense at all was playing defense keeping in the game looked like looking like an elite defense by the way yeah but yeah I think the Raiders are dangerous man I, I think Derek Carr wants to win he wants he knows he's playing for his job and yeah I don't think they can have anyone on their team that could stop Josh Jacobs right now so stay calm on Josh Jacobs. Stay, stay yeah, I, I'm with you too. I'm going to stay calm, but I'm like, I was leaning a little towards panic coming into this because I do own him and I have spoken so highly of him. So that's probably why. I mean, he's producing for you. He's not winning you weeks though. Like the past couple of weeks, he's not been winning you weeks and that's what you expect out of a first round pick. You need a guy who's going to single-handedly go out there and win you weeks. It's just the way it goes. I am staying calm. I am staying calm. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't blame somebody for panicking on Jacobs this soon. Next is a guy for, I mean, I guess you could say two QB in super flex leagues. It matters a little bit more, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson right now is the 15th QB in fantasy leagues. You took him to be a top five QB, top six QB, and he's 15 right now. What are you saying there? I know he's had tough matchups. He played KC, he played Baltimore, he played Pittsburgh. And then last week against Minnesota, he put up 24 points, which was his best fantasy performance yet, but it was against an awful, awful Minnesota defense. Um, are you? What just happened? Schultz just, Schultz just broke the stool that he was sitting on. What the hell was that, man? Schultz just broke the stool. You gaining weight, dog? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, uh, so what are you doing? You going to panic on Deshaun Watson? What, what are you thinking here? Uh, yeah, I'm panicking. Yeah, me too. I, the thing I'm is, panic like, too. I just think that their whole entire season is just a weird, weird mess. Uh, definitely has to do with, obviously, with their coaching. But honestly, I think Romeo Cornell is going to make a positive change. Uh, not a lot of times you get, you know, an interim coach come in and be something positive. But we've seen Romeo Cornell, you know, coach good teams. He's coached the Chiefs before. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of trust it. I'm interested to see where this season goes with Watson after, you know, this brutal stretch of games he just played. Um, but the thing is, like, if I like if I needed – the Vikings game to show me something with Watson. I need him to take over and show that he's a, you know, a top three quarterback in the league. Like everyone said going into this year, 
He just really didn't do it. And I don't really blame it on him. He doesn't really have a lot of talent around him. I was going to say, like, if you take away Will Fuller, if he goes down and gets hurt, and I know he's been battling a hammy injury, you have Brandon Cooks, who's been a bum. Isaiah Isaiah Coulter is coming back, and that should provide a little bit of a boost. But then who do you got to work with? Like you said, you got a pedestrian, David Johnson. You got Brandon Cooks, who looks absolutely washed. You have a tight end core that's just, like, very bleh. And you just you don't have a lot to work with. And now you're in an, in an offense with – you know, the head coach that was leading you the whole way, who's now gone, which might be a benefit, you know, because Bill O'Brien's been a mess. But it's like he just doesn't have the weapons around him. And I just don't think that team is that good as a whole. I just, I don't know. I've, I've never been as high on Deshaun Watson as everybody else. I've always thought he was worse than what he was being projected to be. Uh, but he's still a good QB, but he's the number 15 overall in fantasy. You did not draft him to be the 15th overall QB. No. So uh, I'm big time panic here. Yeah, no, definitely agree on that. And just last thing is just the one thing about Watson that's different from this year that I saw a lot last year. He's not taking deep shots. He has two absolute burners on each side that he's not using. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if he has no time because his offensive line has looked awful. Uh, but, yeah, definitely panic on Watson. Okay, cool. And we just got two more guys here uh, to wrap them up quickly. Michael Gallup is the next one uh, on an offense where obviously I stated before Dak has the most passing yards through, through the first month of the season of any QB of all time. Uh, I really hope I'm right on that stack because I've said that like 80 times, but I did see that in multiple places. Uh, so Michael Gallup, how you feeling here, man? Because he had uh, he had one explosion game against an awful, awful, awful Seattle team. Uh, where he had he had nine targets for six six catches on nine targets and a touchdown for 138 yards in that game. He did pop off. But other than that, man, he's only had five targets in the other three games, and he's putting up two receptions a game. Other than that explosion game, he's getting two catches a game. So it's like C.D. Lamb really bursted onto the scene and became that guy that we kind of expected Gallup's ceiling to be in Dallas with Amari Cooper still there. And now with CD eating up all those, you know, looks and getting those receptions and now getting touchdowns like in this past week, I, I'm kind of pan I'm panicking on Gallup here. Yeah, I guess it's definitely, you know, okay to panic on him right now, but I'm not gonna panic. I'm gonna stay calm on him. Uh the thing is is like you saw what he did last year, he was a thousand yard receiver. I know that was out without Lamb there and uh also it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. To give up on the player, you see what he can do. He absolutely, you know, destroyed Jalen Ramsey on you know potential game-winning catch that should have happened. Yeah, he's got the talent to be something. Don't panic on him. I think that there's going to be some positive regression coming his way. I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to be you know a massive part of the game nah. plan every single week. Yeah. I also don't think that CD Lamb is going to be you know the number two guy behind Amari Cooper. I also you've seen Amari Cooper also disappear in games. It's coming. If Dak's throwing the ball that much, he's thrown everywhere right now. It's going to come his way. It just stay calm. Okay. Fair. Definitely fair. It's definitely one of those 50-50 ones that I can see somebody taking both sides on. And last, this is Al's guys, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, and look, I know that you took him thinking Marlon Mack would be a, a piece of that offense. And obviously, when he went down, I think with, what, Achilles, I think it was with Taylor. I mean, yeah. with Mack. Um, JT really took over that number one role. He had 14 points week one, 20 week two, 13 against the Jets in the third week. And then this week against a good defense in Chicago, only put up eight points. Uh, he had 68 yards on 17 carries and one catch for 11 yards, no touchdowns in that game. And JT, one of his best traits when he was coming out of Wisconsin for me was his vision. And now this is something we've talked about this past week, just on our own time, uh, was that JT's vision looks 
pretty off right now. I don't I don't know why he's not running like he did in Wisconsin. He's not a I mean he's not looking bad, but he's not looking that uh, like that elite running back that we saw come out of Wisconsin. He's he's hesitant. He's not exploding off the ball the way we're used to seeing. And yet he's putting up fantasy numbers, but he did it against Jacksonville, Minnesota, and the Jets. Awful, awful defenses. And he he produced, I will say that, but against a good defense in Chicago, he didn't come out like he was ready to play. And he's only getting, I mean, he's getting a 46% snap share right now. Uh, I saw they wanted to give the ball to, to Jordan Wilkins a few times in that game and Naeem Hines. I think they both had eight or nine carriers themselves each. So I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm feeling with JT right now. You took him decently late uh, for the talent that he is. So I don't know if you can say panic, but I'm definitely, it's definitely another one that I'm feeling kind of 50-50 on right now. You might be able to sell high and get his best value right now. Yeah, I'm definitely a little panicked on Jonathan Taylor. But the thing is, like, I don't know. When you, like, think that you have, like, when you draft your guy, it's so hard to let him go, in my opinion. It's, you're just hoping that he has some positive regression here. You know the talent's there. He's a rookie. So he's not going to come out and be, you know, an RB2 and just be consistent the entire season. Uh, You know, I hope he ends up as an RB2. He's at 16 right now in PPR leagues. Which is, you know, I'm not expecting him to be an RB1. And if you're expecting Jonathan Taylor to be an RB1 once as soon as Marlon Mack went down, you're crazy. Like, I know he's got the See, all- I don't think that's a crazy yeah, statement. The, I thought but, he would be like 12, 13, 14. Yeah, but, you know, okay. when you have, you know, you, when you have a guy like Naheem Hines, you know, there for third downs, when you have a guy like Jordan Wilkins that, you know, is far less superior than Jonathan Taylor, he's still going to take some carries away. They're just treating him like a rookie. You know, I mean, if he's not if he's not having a good game, which he didn't have a good game in Chicago, he's not going to get you know that seventy percent snap share. You know, what I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And Indy's trying to win. You know, go to playoffs here. They're not trying to you know fool around and let it, they see what they got on Jonathan Taylor and all that stuff. I, I mean, I don't mean that entirely because they're you know he's still got seventeen carries, but they're not messing around this season, man. They want to go to the playoffs. They signed Phil Rivers to a one year contract. They they got to get these wins. Dude, it's so tough to watch his sidearm fucking throwing motion. It's so disgusting. If if he actually, because he was drafted by the Giants, if he actually stayed with the Giants, dude, like I don't know how I'd be able to watch those games. I hate watching him play. I hate it. Yeah, and it, it looks like every ball's getting thrown like five miles per hour. Like it's like it looks Ugh. like looks like you can jump out there and like you want to jump on the screen, just pick it off yourself. Sometimes it's- it helps him though, like that sidearm release. I know there was one play where it should have been a strip sack. But because of his low sidearm release, he escaped it. So it's like sometimes, it, I mean, hey, if it's working for him, then, you know, good for you. He, he's had a very successful career. He's not the QB he used to be. Father Time really did catch up to him. But uh, that's just, it's such a heinous, heinous way to throw the football. The thing is, like, the question I have for you is, like, all right, so I pick Jonathan Taylor over James Conner, over Todd Gurley, over Le'Veon Bell. Would you have, would you take any of those three guys over Jonathan Taylor no, right now? Nope. All right, if, if Mac wasn't on the team coming into the season, JT would honestly, with the hype he got in the offseason, JT would be the end end of the second round pick. Yeah, or honestly, middle, middle highest is the middle. Of yeah, the second, for real. Yeah. So, so in that case, he'd be not a disappointment. I mean, this past uh, he's been awesome. Like, let's be real, he's been awesome. This past week was a little bit of a hiccup, but I think he's. I think he'll be okay. I, th- I think he'll be fine. He's a rookie. It's gonna. It. He's gonna have. These and games. in dynasty, you cannot panic on him. Oh, in dynasty, no he's a gem. Yeah. You know, he's, he's dynasty gold, but, uh, again, this is just for 2020. So yeah. So you're staying calm on JT. Definitely. Okay. Fair. And that's going to wrap up this segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think it was a pretty fun segment to do. 
uh, this panicker stay calm. We're going to do this, you know, maybe once every two weeks, hell, maybe even once a week on a few guys, maybe shorten the list up a little bit. Um, this episode is running a little long. We wanted to do a brand new segment. Uh, it was going to be the love it or leave it segment. And, uh, that was basically just going to be a few statements where, uh, you know, we're just going to basically say if we love that, like if it's going to happen or if we're going to leave it, cause it's not going to happen. Uh, but because this episode's getting a little long, we're probably going to postpone that to next week. Um, you know, just, just to keep the time down. Uh, so we'll get into that next week. So this is going to conclude the main part of our episode today. Um, and then let's get right into Schultz bets. All right, fellas. Uh, great episode. Yeah. You, you guys killed it today and, and this week looking forward to, uh, to hearing that tomorrow. So getting right into the picks Had a fucking fantastic week last week. Perfect four and out. Uh, really nailed all the bets. Really wasn't too confident to be honest, but it ended up working out in our favors. And and you know we had a fantastic, fantastic week. We're gonna keep it rolling right in, right into week five, week five of the NFL season, man. I, I can't believe that we're already five weeks in, and you know hopefully this whole COVID shit kind of works itself out, and you know maybe there's a, a delay a week or two, but hopefully we get to uh, continue the season right on into the playoffs. So. Uh, no update in the Twitter yet. No update in the Twitter. Still locked out. There's going to be a new account up on Friday. I'll go ahead and, and have the uh, Basement Olympics Twitter retweet that so you guys can give that a new follow. Um, going to restart. Going to go something brand new. Restart the record. Kind of play it fresh. New account. Uh, continuing on with this hot streak and and going from there. So week five, here we go. I uh, got four picks for you. I got three straight ups and uh, – Al and I came up with a uh, parlay, can't miss, lock of the week. So we'll get into that. First off, Panthers, Falcons, uh, NFC South divisional game. It looks like it's going to be a high-scoring affair, man. I mean, the Panthers offense has surprisingly been pretty good. You know, a lot of people didn't really expect Teddy to come in there. It is Joe Brady, and, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, he has that effect to him. He's, he's They're looking good, man. LSU, LSU's offense was absolutely nothing until he stepped in, so yeah. hell. He's, he's kind of looking like he, he might be the real deal down in, in Carolina, but Teddy's playing well, even without McCaff, dude. They're 2 0 without McCaff. Dude, wait, Mike Davis, side note, Mike Davis looks fucking Great. legit, dude. He Great. looks awesome. He's like, gonna, it's not even that he's just filling in and getting forced for the ball. He's that, and he looks talented as shit. He's going to find himself a contract if it's not with the Panthers, with someone else. He, he's Hell yeah, he's dude. He looks good. Like, he genuinely looks like a good football player. Oh, yeah. And, and on top of that, I mean, you know, they're, they're having Robbie Anderson, like you guys said, is a wide receiver one. That's nuts. You Insane. still have DJ Moore. And then you, you got Zach's boy, Ian Thomas. And they're, they're playing well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're playing well. And the Falcons, uh, they arguably have the worst defense in the league. There, there's no doubt in my mind that Ryan can go off any week for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Panthers' defense doesn't scare me too much. So I, I like the over here. The over 54 and a half, I, I think it could be a shootout offensively. I, yeah, if you're watching this game on Red Zone, Scott Hansen's going to be uh, on this game a, a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of updates in the Red Zone, and it's going to be a shootout. I could see a 35-31 game coming your way. Next up, Bengals-Ravens, uh, AFC North divisional game, which might be a lot closer than people expect. Like, the line right now is set at 12 and a half in favor of the Ravens, and to be honest, the Ravens have not looked as explosive as we once thought. I know it's four weeks in. It's the first quarter of the year. There's really no room to panic, uh, and that really doesn't diminish them as a team, especially a competitor in the AFC. But I'll tell you what, 
the Bengals offense and Joe Burrow has definitely impressed. They really have. I know Lamar is dealing with the knee injury right now. It's not severe at all as far as it looks like. And he didn't practice Wednesday. So, you know, if they do play, the, if he does play this weekend, you know, I expect them to have a big lead. I think, you know, regardless if they have a big lead or not, you know, RG3 will come in and he can't move the ball. He can't move that offense whatsoever. Might be time for him to honestly just throw, throw the towel into his career, man. You know, it sucks to see what he went through, but he really can't get anything going. And, you know, if they're up, maybe 14, 21 points, I could see the Bengals sneaking in with a backdoor cover. Joe Burrow going garbage time down the field, uh, you know, cover that 12 and a half. I think it's going to happen. And, hey, if not, the Bengals can maybe hang in this game the whole way. Uh, it could be a lot closer than we think. Either way, I think this is the perfect opportunity to, to give the Bengals the points and take that 12 and a half. Here we go. Browns-Colts. This is an interesting matchup. It really is. The Colts and – Browns, I believe, are both 3-1 and one at the moment, and I just can't tell if the Browns are legit. I really can't. And I, they have the talent. Obviously, they've had the talent. I think they are where they need to be. I think Stefanski's doing a great job the first four games of the year, and I, I really think they might ride that momentum after beating Dallas and taking it into Week 5 and beat up on the Colts a little bit. I, the Browns have been really good at stopping the run, and I tell you what, if they figure out a way to – uh, slow down Jonathan Taylor and then kind of, you know, force Phillip to throw the ball, maybe let's say 35, 40 times this game. I think the Browns come away. Right now they're the underdog. That line might change in the Browns' favor. Who knows? But I I, I take the Browns here. I really do. Uh, plus one and a half. Go with the Browns. So those are the three. Three straight bets of the week. I'm going over 54 and a half Panthers-Falcons. Bengals plus 12 over the Ravens. And then Browns plus one and a half over the Colts. And lastly, we got the parlay lock of the week. This is somewhat new. Don't really talk about parlays a lot on this pod, but just looking through the games this week, there's a couple of them, you know, three in Al's opinion, four in mine, that really just stand out. And there's there's no way, there's really no way the underdog pulls it off here. And we're, we're starting it off with the Steelers. The Steelers are playing the Eagles. The Eagles, Wentz may look good. He, he may have, have a good game, but the Steelers' defense, is it's it's incredible. And I just cannot see the Eagles pulling away and winning this game. I know that they're, the Steelers are favored by seven and a half points. It might go down a little bit. Uh, I, I still think the Steelers win this game. Maybe if you're feeling feeling it, take a little alternative spread in favor of the Eagles. But I think the Steelers win this one. I would say it's a for sure lock in the money line. Cowboys, Giants. Giants have scored, what, three touchdowns in four games? Yep. And, and you know the struggle of, of us here as, as New York football fans. Cowboys, I think they have a bounce back. You know, their defense is terrible. I think this is a game that could potentially, you know, the Giants could put up some points. I think the Cowboys double them. I think the, the Cowboys win this one with ease. I also consider that a lock. Uh, Seahawks, Vikings, Kirk Cousins is playing in primetime. We all know how he does in primetime football games. He can't win. He really can't. Seahawks, Russell Wilson's going to continue his MVP season. Boom. Seahawks a lock, and then Saints, Chargers. I uh, going Saints money line. I, I really think Sean Payton outcoaches Anthony Lynn and uh, Drew Brees. You know he hasn't really been too hot this year. He's honestly declined in my opinion. He might be continuing on that decline for the rest of the season, but Saints find a way to win this game. They might not cover, but they find a way to win the game. And Michael Thomas is back too. He is. Yeah, I know he's questionable, but I think this is the week he comes back. So there you go. There, there you go. So there it is, Steelers money line, Cowboys money line, Seahawks money line, Saints money line, four-team money line parlay. 
I just said money line like five times. <laughs> money line, money line, money line, money line, money line, money nice. line, money line. Keeping on. <laughs> how many how many seconds do you think I do in a row? I don't know. Money line, money line, money line, money line, money line, money line, money line. <laughs> <laughs> Good five, six uh, seconds. Whatever. All right. Anyway, those four <laughs> money line picks plus one sixty six <laughs> are the odds there. Throw big, throw hundo, throw two hundo, double the five money, hundo. Do whatever. I really can't see this missing. And uh, that wraps it up. So look out for the new account. I'll, I'll have the guys retweeted on Friday. It'll be up and running. Like I said, start, like I said, starting fresh with the, the record. We're on a hot streak. We're going to continue that through the rest of the year. It's a guarantee shooting for 75%. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week. Awesome. Thank you, Schultz. Uh, Big Schultz went 4-0, man, last week. So he, he, did, a, he did an awesome job. Uh, so, so give him a listen, man. Try, I'm telling you, man, just start putting some small, small bets down on him, uh, on his picks and, you know, see, see the money in your account grow. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I've been listening to him. I've been making money. So, you know, why not? Before we close things up today, big Pete, our behind the scenes and content guy, he actually has a question that was given to him to ask on the podcast. So I'm going to let Pete go ahead and answer this question. Uh, big Al has already left the studio if you will the little pod room so i guess i'll just be going solo on this question so big pete one what's going on because you didn't talk this episode and two give me the question what's going on man welcome back to the pod did a good job today um so the question i got from uh one of my students and i told him to listen so hopefully he listens um was does who does he start alan robinson against tampa bay or michael gallup against the giants uh, i'm going alan robinson all day uh i just think that you know, they're going to be throwing the ball so much in that game, and he's the only option for Nick Foles right now. Uh, and he's producing. You know, it might be an ugly game for him, um, and it, it gives you some Thursday night implications as well. I know they're playing on Thursday night, so I think that he's going to put up, you know, a decent amount of points. And then Dallas and the Giants, I just don't see that Giants offense putting up a lot of points, so I can see Dallas getting up quick and then running the ball with Ezekiel Elliott all game. Uh, against the Giants. So I'm going to say Allen Robinson. I'm going to say that pretty confidently, too. I think he's going to be probably like a top 10 wideout this week, and I can see Gallup maybe sneaking into top 25, but I just don't think they'll be throwing the ball all game like they will in Chicago. All right, guys. So that's going to conclude today's episode. Uh, it felt good to be back. You know, I, I'm very happy to be back. And, uh, you know, I think we had some good content out there today. We, did, we didn't get to all that we wanted to, you know, with that new Love It or Leave It segment. Uh, but I, I can assure you that we will be doing that next week and probably the week after as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be a good new segment for you guys. Uh, and like and like I said before, that's gonna be not only fantasy football but NFL and college football takes. And then myself and Al are going to decide if we love that take or if we're gonna leave that take. Uh, but before I close out today, I just want to say it's really really important that if you do enjoy the pod, please go to Spotify, give us a follow. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really, I'm telling you guys, it goes a long way. Um, you know, if you're just a casual listener, if you're an every week listener, uh, if you guys could just please take the time out of your day to go on whatever platform it is that you find this podcast on and just give us five stars, you know, please leave a comment. Just, you know, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we can improve on. Uh, we always answer questions on Twitter, uh, start set advice on Twitter. We have a solid about six or seven guys that come to us just about every week asking us who to sit and start. Uh, and, and honestly, if you ask them, we have a pretty good hit rate on that. So 
come to us. We're, you know, open for questions, open for advice, open for anything, any kind of uh, criticism, feedback, you know, whatever. But guys, important, important, important. Please go and rate us five stars. Please leave us a comment, anything like that. Uh, but I'll stop. I'll stop loud mouthing. And uh, I just want to say thank you guys for all that you do. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you lasted with us through this very long episode. And uh, like always, guys, I will see you next week. Bye.